When I was 12, um, you know, you're, at 12, your body starts changing. I don't know if I you know, do a little physiology here, you know, just to make you all uncomfortable. And what happened with my body, <clears throat> I won't get too detailed, is that my, my arm hairs started growing. I, you can see I have very hairy arms. Well, when I was 12, this happened like a chia pet. It was like, my, my, like I woke up one morning and I, I was like Sasquatch. And so I freaked out because when you're 12, you're super self-conscious about every little thing. And you think everyone's looking at that one thing you're self-conscious of. So for me, when I'd walk into a room, it was like everyone's just like, check out those hairy arms, you know. So uh, at the same time, there was this girl in our junior high group. Well, actually... We went to a church where they combined junior high and high school. So uh, we'd go to camps together and, and we'd do events together, like go to the beach and stuff. And there was this girl named Courtney who was the most beautiful. She was an angel. And I loved her more than any 12-year-old could love a woman. Uh, because she was a junior in high school and I was in the seventh grade. And when Courtney walked in, she had red, long red hair and she was dating this guy named Ricardo. Oh, I hated Ricardo. Anyway, so, um, she'd walk in and it was just like the sun would beam behind her or wherever. And like angels would fly around. And like, whenever I saw Courtney, I was just enamored. I just, I she was, she was beautiful. I was 12. And like I said, there was all sorts of things happening internally, chemically and all this kind of stuff. And I, chia pet arms. And so, um, I, I came to the conclusion that the reason Courtney liked Ricardo was not because he was a senior and I was 12. It was because I had hairy arms. So I did what any 12 year old would do. I mustered up all the wisdom and all the common sense and all the practicalness of my life. And I shaved my arms. All right. Uh, and so, uh, because I didn't want to be the guy with the hairy arms, right? Now, you know, you're like, well, too late. You know, I know, that's okay. But at the time, at 12, you know, I wasn't as mature as I am now, and I'm, I'm good with it now, and my wife's just like, whatever, so I'm cool. Uh, but I shaved my arms. So we're on our way to the beach, cause, so I can show off my newly shaved arms to Courtney, so that she'll dump Ricardo, and we can bury him in the sand and never hear from him again. Uh, and... Um, my sister sitting next to me and she goes, ew, did you shave your arms? And I did what any 12 year old did. I'm like, what? What? Did you shave your arms? And so here's just so you, this, you can take this home. Whenever you don't want to answer the question, just ask the question back. Did I shave my arms? Like, that's how you do it. And so she's like, yeah, ew. So I went from hairy arm guy to guy who shaves his arms. Ew. And I was going to see Courtney and I was going to ask her out because she was a junior and I was 12 and I, we'd gotten past all the hairy arm stuff, right? Now listen, we look at this kind of stuff and you're 12 years old and you're like, oh man, you know, and, but isn't it true that we see life through the labels that we've either placed on ourselves or that have been placed on us by others? That we tend to think, you know, um, you know if, I, if I have hairy arms, I kind of look, everyone's looking at them. If you get a pimple on your forehead, they're all looking at the pimple. If you think you're clumsy, you think everybody thinks that that's the lens that you, you, you view things with. And we all have these types of labels. And so uh, to illustrate this, uh, I wanted to just don't, don't freak out. You're like, wow, you want to show the hair on everything, don't you? Yeah. Hold on one second. Uh, there we go. I've labeled myself. 
Now, there's all sorts of labels on here, and for those who listen on the podcast, just picture an incredibly ripped body with a t-shirt and uh, some labels that I put on here. I put, um, I put uh, Sasquatch. That was for the, the Harry. I'm totally cool with it now. Um, I don't like being called Wookie, but Sasquatch is cool. Um, arm shaver. Okay, right? Because now I'm an arm shaver. But there's labels on here I like. Successful. I like that label. I want to keep that one on there, right? A troublemaker. I've been labeled that, whatever. Um, goody two-shoes. I've been, I've been, and you're thinking, well, what, how can you be troublemaker and goody two-shoes? Well, that's the thing about labels. They don't make any sense. Somebody might be labeling you, oh, man, all he does is get in trouble, and you've got that label. And in another setting, you might be goody two-shoes, and you might not like that label. You might like one label that I hate for me, but you like it for you. It's the way labels work. I got clumsy on here. I, right across my stomach, I put too fat and too skinny, you know, just in case. You know, and that's the, that's the other thing. People label you, they'll label you too fat. But then right here, they label this person too skinny. You see what I'm saying? There's labels all over the place. Geek, uh, a father, I, I am a father. And then uh, loser, attractive. I just made that label for myself <laughs> just because I wanted to. I did that with Jock too, right? But we'll go through all these kinds of things to either put labels on us or take labels off. And so because I didn't want to have hairy arms, I went through all this trouble of actually shaving my arms, which is, you know, that's like one of those cats, those hairless cats. That's what it felt like. It was kind of disgusting. But I, because I didn't want the Sasquatch label or the hairy arm label. But in the process, I got another label. And this is the way it works. Sometimes you might want the label intelligent. And so you you love that label. And so you're you're trying to get it on you. You're trying to get it to stick. And so you start talking to people about the books you read or the things you know and all that. And all of a sudden, you get another label, arrogant or self-promoting or whatever. And you're like, no, no, I don't. No, no, I just wanted the intelligent label, not the arrogant label. You know, pull up. But isn't this true with all of us? That we have labels. Maybe your parents labeled you something. You have a bunch of siblings and you all got different labels. There was the one that always did everything right. Maybe they're the goody two-shoes. And you were clumsy or you were this or you, you, you were that. Now, here's the thing. What if we could be part of a community where our labels didn't matter? Like not only the bad ones, but also the good ones. Like the fact that I'm successful or whatever, whatever that one is. That, that didn't even matter. I want to read a section of scripture that we're going to talk about this morning uh, for a little bit. Oops. And uh, we'll see what Paul has to say about it. Because when Jesus showed up on the scene, there were all sorts of labels that people used. And people were included or excluded based on the label they got. Jew. Gentile. Male. Female. Slave, free. That's how you identified what group you were in. And so when Jesus showed up, he started talking to people that were in groups that you wouldn't normally talk to or be a part of. Jesus started including people that wouldn't normally be included. And that's the series we're wrapping up this week. Is the the fact that as Living Spring, as the church that goes out and fixes up houses and does all that thing, the things that we want to be known for, is invest, invite, and include. We, we want to invest in people's lives. We want to get to know them. 
We want to find out things about them. It's not evangelism like, man, you know, I'm just going to, all I want to do is win them to Christ. Well, that's good part of it. But, but people want to know that they're loved. They want to know that you care for them. And so we invest in people's lives like we did on Sunday. We invested in those people's lives. I don't know if they're ever going to come to church or not, but we invested in their, in their lives. We invested in that neighborhood. Did you see the after picture of that one house? <laughs> that was awesome. You guys are awesome. And then uh, this Saturday, yesterday, uh, they fixed that whole fence. She has a brand new fence that I didn't have time to get up there, but I'll, I'll, I'll get it on our Facebook page and stuff like that. And so we invest in people's lives and then um, we invite them at a certain time, not necessarily to church, but on our faith journey, on our journey. And so maybe we'll talk to them about something I'm, you know, and at work and you go, man, you know, this is what I'm learning in my Bible study. This is what my wife and I are trying to get through together with Christ. This is what my kids are doing. And you invite them into your journey of faith. And so it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, come to church, come to church, come to church. It could just be, hey, I, I heard about your story and I want to pray for you. How's that going? I've been praying for you. And so we invite them. And so this morning, what we're going to talk about is once we've invested in them and we've invited them, they're going to come with a whole bunch of these labels on them. And maybe some of them are really good labels. Maybe it's alcoholic. Maybe it's homeless. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. And so how do we include them? Well, Paul talks about this and kind of following Jesus's model. You know, Jesus is so cool that at the time Jesus came, the, the, lep, the, the leprosy was, they had leprosy. And if you were a leper, you had to walk around going unclean, unclean, so that everyone knew that you had leprosy and they'd stay away from you. Man, what a label. What do you think that did to them? And Jesus is just like, no, no worries. Come on over here. I'm going to heal you. He included. Now watch. Uh, Paul has this church in Galatia and uh, he wrote them a letter and um, yeah, listen to this. He's trying to get them into this idea that those labels that you had before, they're no, they're no good. We're not going to use those anymore. That the church, in fact, can be a community where these labels don't matter. And, and, and so there's no need to work hard to show I'm successful or I'm rich or I'm intelligent or I'm attractive. There's no need for that in the church. There's no need to work hard to remove labels of clumsy or whatever. You don't, you don't need to worry about that. Those labels don't matter. And so here's what Paul says. He says, so in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. One of my labels could be Pastor. I pastor a church, and so, you know, whatever that conjures up, if you're new and you don't, you know, religion makes you feel uncomfortable, you might think, ooh, pastor. You know, every time I, if I play golf, and I'm, you know, typically in golf, they tell you, you know, you, you say what you're, you're, you're doing, you know, like, what do you do and all that. And so every time it gets to me, I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I'm a pastor. And almost every time they're just like, well, I'm going to say some words out here that you probably aren't used to. I'm like, yeah, I'm used to them, trust me. But it's like, it's like pastor, it could mean something. But, but first and foremost, I'm not a pastor. I'm a child of God. And so here's what he says. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. This is the most important thing. As we're in a community of faith and wherever you are in that journey, the first primary thing that's most important is what's your standing like with your heavenly father? 
What, who, what, what is your standing with your heavenly father? And Paul says, listen, in Christ are all children of God through faith. Now watch, he says this. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now, I'm going to do this just for the sake of it. It's as though we have all these labels that either we put on ourselves or somebody's put on. And maybe they're labels, like I said, that we want on. And maybe they're labels uh, that we don't want on there. But what Paul's saying is that, look, when we're in Christ, I don't know that Christ would wear this yellow shirt. There's only a few men that can sport a yellow shirt like this and still be manly. It's incredible. That's what he's saying. He says, you've clothed yourself in Christ. Those labels, all the different things underneath there, whatever. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is what is your standing with your heavenly father? Now watch what he says, because this is so cool. You're going to see in a few verses uh, just how neat this really is. Okay. And so he says, for you are all baptized in Christ. You've clothed yourself with Christ. All those labels are gone. They don't, they don't matter anymore. And he says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Those labels are gone. Like race, essentially, okay? Neither slave nor free, economic standing. Those, those labels don't matter. Nor male or female. Now, you read that and you go, well, John, I mean, come on, you know, Paul. But Paul wrote it, don't blame me. You're like, of course there's, I mean, I can look out and for the most part, I can tell male and female with you guys. But it's like, is he saying just, oh, don't notice anything? No, no. He's not saying that at all. He's saying you are now going to be identified first and foremost with your standing of your heavenly father. Now, for some of us, that can be incredibly freeing. Because when we look at the labels underneath, all we see are the stuff, our parents, our siblings, you know, our teachers, all these labels. We just want to get off. Or it can be kind of like, I worked really hard for that successful label. (laughs) And you're telling me to cover it up in Christ? Here's what he says. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Jesus. Now, you might have worked hard to get your successful label. But here's the thing I know about labels. They're never satisfying. (laughs) Like if you work hard to get the successful label, then you're going to work even harder to make sure everyone sees the successful label. And, you you know, we've all been in part of relationships like that where we've done things that are kind of outside. Maybe your label is single, like Judy was talking about. And you're thinking, I do not. If I have this label when I'm 40... This is going to be a problem. And so you take chances, you take risks, you, you kind of step over some lines because I want to do any, I, I, I don't want that. I don't want that label. Some of your labels married and you're like, I wish I had never gotten that. You know, I, I'm just playing around, but, but right. Here's what's, here's what Paul's saying. Guys, all those labels don't matter. All those labels don't matter. Here's the only thing that matters. And here's why, as a community of faith, we can be so inclusive with people. Because the only thing that matters is they're standing with their Heavenly Father. He goes on. And he says, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. 
and heirs according to the promise. Now, we don't use language like that anymore, really. I mean, you wouldn't kind of say that's kind of weird to say, oh, you know, I'm part of Abraham's seed. You know, like, can you imagine my kids are just like, I'm part of, I'm Pastor John's seed. It's like, ew, like, what, what are you doing? You know, like, you don't talk like that. But listen, for the person that, that Paul's talking to, this is incredibly hopeful. Because what he's saying is, listen, you're going to be part of what God had planned from the very beginning to have a people after God's own heart. You're going to be part of that. You're part of that whole plan that God had. See what he's saying? All that matters is your standing with your heavenly father. So he goes on. He's saying, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir uh, is under age, he, has, he is no different than a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir uh, is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Now, listen, this is where, because again, all that language to us is like, what is he trying to say? So also, when you were under age, uh, were in slavery under the elemental, uh, elemental spiritual forces of the world. Labels. The things that the, the, the things that make us do stuff or want to make us do stuff. God's saying, no, no more. Listen, you're part of God's family now. You're part of Abraham's seed. You're part of the plan that God had from the very beginning to have a people that follow him. And you're part of that. So all those labels, those are all elemental spiritual forces of the world. Needing to be successful. Needing to be part of the in crowd. In Christ Jesus... In the church, the way it's supposed to work is that we're all included. One of the things I love, we are, we're a free Methodist church. One of the things I love about a free Methodist church is that we were founded on some basic freedoms. It used to be that the Methodist church would pay. All the rich people would sit up in front. And you'd have a little plaque by your, your name. And that's, you know, if you visited and you came and you sat in one of those days, you know, that's, you know. That's the Blazak's chair. Don't sit there. You know, that's the, oh, the Caldera sit there. Go, get out of here. Here they come, you know. Right? Or, you know what, what I, and again, I have no idea. Who, I wasn't just naming rich people. I don't, I don't know what anyone gives. But my point is that, that you know, there, there they are. You know, the Reese's. I know they're not rich. So, you know, the, you know like, <laughs> so you got this whole thing, right? And so, and so the free Methodist church rises up and says, no, there's neither slave nor free. There's neither rich nor poor. And so it was open seating. Another freedom that our denomination is based on is we took a a hard stance against slavery. We said everyone should be free, black and white. At that time, if the slaves would come in, they had to stand in the back. We said no. And so that's part of who we are, this idea. And it comes from this verse that those are elemental spiritual forces of the world. Okay, now watch. But when the time uh, set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. When I look at my girls, my son, I I, I don't see anything but my kids. I don't look and go, oh, you know, and I I don't have labels for them. I've got their names. (laughs) But to, to me, they're my kids. This is exactly what Paul's saying. He says, God, when you look around and you see people around you here at church this morning, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. 
This is why we can include each other. This is why you can come from an entirely different background than me. I went to college. Maybe you didn't go to college. I'm white. Maybe you're brown. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Now watch what happens. This is the exciting part I was telling you about before. He says this. Because you are a son, God sent the spirit of the son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Just means Daddy. When I used to come home when my kids were really little, it was just the greatest thing in the world. You know, you'd open the door and they would just come running. They wrap their arms around me. They, they still do. Like that's, that's the thing. They don't, they, it, nothing else matters except that relationship. Let me tell you, the most important thing about the church of Jesus Christ is our standing with our Heavenly Father, to which we're adopted now. And we say, okay, look, my past, okay, I I did these things in my past. It doesn't matter. I'm in the family now. I'm with my heavenly father now. I can say, daddy, I can go before, the Bible says I can go with confidence to the throne of grace. I can go to God almighty who created the universe. And I can say, Lord, I blew it today. Or I'm struggling. Or this is hard. And he treats me like a son. This is what we all have in common. Isn't that exciting? No matter what our background is, we all have in common this relationship with our Heavenly Father if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. So here's what he says. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're God's child, God has made you also an heir. And then he gives this warning. Because if you're honest with yourself, or at least if I'm honest with myself, it's great to be a child of God, but when you go to work on Monday morning, (laughs) that's not the thing you're thinking of, right? Your boss puts a big stack of papers on your desk and says, I need this by the end of the week. You're not like, I'm a child of the king, (laughs) right? You're like, right? I wasn't thinking with Courtney, I'm a child of the king. I was thinking I had hairy arms. I wanted to kill Ricardo. It's, it's hard to keep it at the forefront, right? And here's what he says. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? These labels. I never thought I'd do that. Just lift up my shirt in a sermon, right? They don't teach you that in seminary. I'm telling you that right now. These labels that we have, these are weak and miserable. Even the ones we want. Even the intelligent and rich and, you know, attractive. Even those, those are weak and miserable forces. And here's what he says. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Now, there are a couple things about this that I want to talk about as we kind of head into a slower time of worship. And basically what we do during this time as we, um, as Jason comes back up, is that we, we kind of slow everything down so that we can think about what the Word of God has spoken to us. And so um, for you, there might be a label that you've had your whole life. That maybe your, maybe your dad put on you. You can look back over the last few decades, and if you're honest with yourself, you can look back and go, I've spent decades trying to get that label off. 
And God's going, what label? You're clothed in Christ. I don't see any label. Maybe during this time, it's your chance to just go before your heavenly father and go, you know what? I'm not owning that label anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't identify with that label anymore. I want to identify with being a child of God. Maybe for you, it's a label you've been dying. You just, you've been trying to get on and show everybody and whatever. And you've been striving and working and working. And maybe you've alienated some people. And you're just like, you know what? I give up. I, forget it. I don't need that label anymore. The only label I need is that I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm part of God's family. Oh, 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 o